Welcome to Leaders of the West, a podcast for innovators and changemakers. I'm your host, Jesse Jarvis, the founder of Of the West, and I'm sitting down with agriculturalists, entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between with the goal of digging into the strategies, mindsets, and lessons that have been crucial to the success of ag and Western. Whether you're carrying on the next generation of your family's operation, starting something from scratch, or determined to climb up the leadership ladder, we're going to inspire you to continue to dream big, growing not just you, but the future of agriculture and Western as a whole. Let's go. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to today's episode of the podcast. We are sitting down with Josie Young, and I am really looking forward to this conversation. Josie is somebody who I have followed for a very long time. And I have always been really inspired by his grit and determination and really being somebody who leads by example, which is what we're going to get into today. But in case you're not familiar with Josie, he owns a company called Silver Lining Herbs, and they are a natural and kind of a holistic company when it comes to horses, dogs, humans. They have products for anybody and everybody. They are a company based out of Southern Idaho, so obviously I have a love for that. Uh, Josie is somebody who has qualified for the NFR, so he is a true cowboy, and he's also the president of 10X Farm and Ranch, a program that is one of the many verticals in Grant Cardone's 10X programs. So needless to say, I am very excited about today's conversation with Josie, so let's get right into it. Today, we are sitting down with Josie Young, the man behind Silver Lining Herbs. Josie, to kick things off, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your career in the rodeo world, and then where you're at now? Yeah, so uh, born and raised in southern Idaho. I was born in Jerome, Idaho. I grew up in a rodeo family. My dad, Mickey Young, qualified for National Finals Rodeo 11 times in the bareback ride and multiple times as a stock contractor and been there as a pickup man as well. So pretty... uh, Pretty well-rounded guy there on the rodeo side. And, uh, of course, I wanted to be a, a rodeo guy because that's what I was raised in. And, you know, I went on to junior rodeos, high school rodeos, qualified for the high school finals, college finals, and then went on to, you know, do it professionally like my dad. And I had a pretty decent career. I qualified for the national finals rodeo in the bareback riding and the Canadian finals, Dodge National Circuit finals. I compete on both ends of the arena, so uh, not a lot of us guys that rope and ride bucking horses as well, but you know, it's fun to be known as one of those guys that was an all-around guy I could rope or ride bucking horses, so that was fun, but with that career, it comes to a halt when you get to be you know, a little older. In my mid-30s, I decided to stay at home and start raising kids, and now you know, uh, stepping into the family business. You know, here about four years ago, I started running Silver Lining for my parents. And long story short, I ended up buying the business from them last year because I wanted to retire. And now I'm the owner of Silver Lining and looking to grow and scale that business as we are currently and and doing great things in the future. So in a nutshell, that's really where I'm at. So so for those who are maybe not from an equine background, because we do have a lot of listeners that come from the farming side of things, can you tell us a little bit more about Silver Lining Herbs? Silver Lining is a herbal health product for horses, dogs, and people. My dad started the company in the horse industry. You know, we believe that variety is key and that nothing nothing by itself is going to fix any one issue. So my grandma was a nature path for people for many, many years. And she had her own 
health issues and, you know, was trying to get help from the doctors. They did multiple surgeries, couldn't get her feeling better. And the only person that actually really got her feeling better was a naturopath. And so she become a study of herbs and the the natural side of things. So my my grandma had a, a very extensive clientele that would you know figure out what she was doing and fly from across the the country or the world to even see her. So she had a very successful career, and that's so my dad naturally learned those things. My grandpa was raised with the Navajo Indians as well, so he was raised in Southern Utah and was raised around them and really understood what grew on the land. He was a range rider for the BLM for many, many years. He was one of the guys that was responsible for starting the Wild Horse and Bureau program. And and so like his knowledge and just what grew on the land and running horses and cattle and stuff out there and what they needed was was pretty extensive. So the the merriment of the two is what really gave my dad the knowledge to do what he did. And he really didn't think about starting a business from it. He was just doing it because we had a lot of we had a lot of livestock with a rodeo company. He had, you know, over 100 head of horses. We had over 50 head of bucking bulls. Uh, we had some cows and calves and steers and everything that goes along with having a rodeo company. And, and it becomes very expensive to have the vet out all the time. So he was like, man, if I can keep them, if I can keep them healthy, then we don't have vet bills. So, you know, that's one of our big huge beliefs in here is they can't be sick and healthy at the same time. So you keep them healthy, right? So really that's what we do is we produce a product and we got a very extensive product, everything from daily maintenances to specifics for joints, uh, feet and bone stuff. We've got kidney, liver, pituitary. I mean, you name it, any issue that can go on inside the body, we've got something for it that can help with that. So if we maintain optimal health, whether it be in your horses, or your dogs, or yourself, then we don't have huge vet bills and doctor bills. So we love helping people in that area. Well, and it's definitely such an important one at that. So quick question on the product side of things for those who are listening. For your offering, you guys have a equine product, a dog product, and then a human product? Or is it one and the same for everyone? So it's a lot the same product. It's, you know, our herbs that we use are all human grade herbs and our facility is extremely clean or, you know, an FDA approved facility, but they are different products. You know, our horse products obviously are in one pound and five pound pouches because they require more product. Our dog products are in capsules. We do have a few powders for people that want to sprinkle it on top of the dog food. And then all of our human line is all in, in capsules. So you know, pretty much the same type of products, but it, they're not the exact same. They're tweaked to appeal to whatever it might be, the horse, the dog, or the, the human. Awesome. One of the things, because I've obviously, I'm also from Southern Idaho, so I have been very familiar with Silver Lining. And one of the things that I have really noticed in the last few years is that you guys have a really strong company culture. Is that something that has always been around since day one when your dad created the company? Or is that something that since you have came back in the last few years and have taken ownership of that you've really taken ownership of that aspect too? Because that is something that definitely sets you guys apart from a multitude of other companies. When I when I come on and start running the business, I, I didn't really know how to run a business. I was never really taught to get into the weeds with business. 
and uh and and neither was my parents and and nothing against their leadership skills it's just they were hard working people and and they had never been taught but just like i i was i seen this need to structure the business and and really figure out how to optimize it and so what i did was i started trying to look for mentors that could teach me that and one guy that I had stumbled across and, and landed on was a guy by the name of Brandon Dawson. And Brandon was, you know, he's just so knowledgeable. And if anybody uh, is listening to this, like go follow Brandon because he is the content that he puts out is just uh, amazing. It can really help your business. But I started visiting some of his events and actually getting in the weeds with it. And, and that's how we learned how to put this in, in the play and businesses don't move people people move businesses. And so we got to have good people and we got to have good culture. It's, it's extremely important for us here at Silver Lining. Long story short, I'm the one who actually put that culture in into play with, with our company. And it was something that was needed. You know, before we had a, we had great people have always worked here, but it's like, how do you put everybody in alignment and get, you know, the transparency into place and, and have everybody on the same page and like a well-oiled machine, right? And and ginning on all all angles. So uh, essentially, that's what we did. If you want to do something great and you don't know how to do it, the easiest way to do that is to draft behind somebody who has done it and is doing a good job. So always draft behind people that are where you're at or where you aspire to be at. Well, you said that you got in the weeds with Brandon Austin, but I think it was a whole lot more than that because now you guys, and I might be wrong on this, so please correct me, but you guys are, are business partners in 10X Farm and Ranch. Is that right? Like my parents were, you know, I'll just tell the story. My parents were never really going to sell the business. They always had that thought of, you'll get the business when we when we pass away. And uh, I said, no, that's not that's not really what I want to do is just be sitting around waiting for my parents to pass away. That's that just doesn't make any sense to me. The reason they said that is because, you know, my parents finally had something that was profitable. It was a great business. That was a need that a lot of people needed, but the biggest goal is how do you get out of obscurity? How do you let more people know what you're doing and bring more people into your community? And so Besides the culture, that was other things that we were working on is trying to figure that out. And so as I was going and learning from Brandon and his team, he's seen this guy that kept showing up and I'm just like fully involved, but I'm also the guy that's asking questions. I ask good questions because I genuinely want to know. I come home, I implement, I get results and I, I show back up. So it's like this investment. I'm putting it out the financial investment out over here, I'm gaining the knowledge and it's gaining me more revenue here. Right. So, so with that being said, I kind of got to visit with Brandon at some of these events and I told Brandon, I says, I need your help of trying to figure out how to persuade my parents to sell the business because they're not showing up on a daily basis. I can tell that they're ready to be done, but they're just afraid to let go of the business so he actually helped me formulate that conversation. And, you know, it's such a good spot right now that we're in because my parents are comfortable, they're financially taken care of, the business is thriving, and they're excited that I'm making it thrive. But when we got this all done, I told Brandon, I says, there are a group of people here that need to know this message. 
And he says, well, what do you mean? I says, that's rural America. That's like farm and ranch people. That's the cowboy industry. Like that's my people. And he says, I says, because they're the backbone of America. Like if they're not thriving, if they're not winning, then, then we're not winning as a nation and we need them to win because they provide for us. And he says, you know, you're absolutely right. And we have never been taught as a whole. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying as an actual community, rural America, farm and ranch industry, we've never really been taught these things. We know how to really work hard. Our handshake means something. You know, we put our, we put our head down and, and get the job done and we're tough, but that's not everything. I feel like these big tech companies and big investment people, like they're coming into our community and they're snagging things up because the, the people in our industry are, are tired or the next generation's not wanting to do it because they see how much struggles their family went through. And I'm like, man, the, you guys can thrive. You just need to know how to thrive. And so the farm and ranch industry need to set their businesses up just exactly like the guys that are making a lot of money set their businesses up. You just need to have the knowledge how to do that. So Brandon says, you know what, let's create this vertical. And he says, I want you to be the president of it. I says, perfect. Let's go. And so that's where we ended up here. And, and then not to mention Brandon is Brandon and Grant Cardone are both partners and silver lining with me as well. So it's a, it's a big partnership, but Grant and Brandon both have a passion too. They're very, they're self-made guys. Uh, uh, Grant's a blue collar dude raised in Louisiana. Uh, Brandon was raised in the Northwest on a walnut farm. Both guys are very passionate about the industry and, and want to see good things happen. But it's like, you got to get in the right rooms. You got to get in the rooms with people that know how to put, you know, systems, processes, data collection. When you make judgment calls in your business, they need to be off of real-time data that you can go back and say, hey, this is working, this isn't working. And, you know, most of us in the past have always just thrown something to the wall to see what sticks. Okay, that stuck. Um, let's try that. And and that's not how that's not how you should do it. You should put the structure in the place where it safeguards you as a company. Oh, absolutely. There's so many things I want to touch on there. First of all, I'm going to I'm going to call out the fact that once a competitor, always a competitor, right? When you you go to something and you take that knowledge and you implement it back and then you show back up to get more knowledge like that is the competitive edge right there. I think that that's one of those things that I will talk to anybody about when it comes to like sports and things of that nature. It is so important to be involved in that because once you have that competitive nature, you have that for life. And that is definitely something that sets you up for success. But the other thing that I want to mention there too is the idea of when it comes to that transition, you're right. A lot of it usually is when somebody dies. And I think that's one of the reasons that obviously a lot of farms and ranches don't make it to that next generation. But I think a lot of that too is because those guys who are in their 70s and 80s, they don't necessarily see what they're doing as work. Like they absolutely love what they do. And if they quit doing it, what else are they going to do? They're not going to just sit at home and sit on the couch. Like retirement is totally different in our industry because I think for the majority of people out there, you're retiring from a job that you don't necessarily enjoy. Whereas like this is so ingrained in part of your lifestyle, you, you don't want to quit. You know, my dad is a prime example of that. My dad's a very hardworking guy. And we've got a place in the mouth of the canyon here. Uh, there's 60 acres there. And I call it my dad's play pit. I love it because that's where my house and my arena and barn and everything is. And 
he's always out there in a tractor grooming stuff and tearing trees down and building fence. And he's 71. I still can't outrun my dad in the foot race, but like he loves it. You know, he's got to stay busy. He's got to have a job to do. And financially he is totally set. Like he does not need to be out there working. If I hire anybody to come out there and work with him, like I can bring a 22 year old kid out there and he'd be like, Oh, this kid don't know how to work. (laughs) He's going to outwork him by a landslide. It cracks me up. (laughs) But I think really what they need to do, like the older generation, they want to stay working. They want to stay young. But I think they need to take a step back just a little bit and think about legacy. Like, what does the legacy mean to them? Mm-hmm. If you look at your grandkids and you're like, man, I love this lifestyle. I want them to see what it, it is that I love about this lifestyle. And you want to say, hey, I want to set them up and I want them in the position I'm in today because I'm in my 70s. I love what I'm doing. However, it's like, how do I set that legacy up for them? It has to be there has to be a pathway for them to take something over. And they don't necessarily have to step out, but there just needs to be structure put into place. It's a tough conversation. You have to have that conversation at some point because if you wait to have the conversation when that person passes away, then it becomes a super sticky conversation after the fact because now you got the whole family involved and they're trying to figure out what your legacy was going to look like rather than, hey, this is actually my legacy that I've planned out for everybody, but, and have clarity too, while you're still living and thriving, right? Have that conversation. Hey, this is what I see it looking like. Either way, it's going to be tough conversation, but like, if you truly want to see the legacy go on for generations, it's something that has to be had. You know, it's a a testament to the fact that hard conversations are usually good conversations. And when you put off the hard ones, only bad is going to follow. I mean, we live by a saying in here, like growth doesn't happen inside comfort zones. Like you got to get uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like just dive in, do it. And there's always good on the other side. Amen to that. Okay, let's talk about mentorship a little bit more. So obviously, you saw the need when you came back to the business, man, I don't necessarily think I know enough about business. I want to go learn more. Have you always been somebody who has looked for mentorship, whether it was in the arena or in business? Is that something that you were taught in your family? Were they big at getting mentorship? How did you kind of tap into that? Of course, my dad being the competitor, he was and you know, that was kind of instilled in, in me and my sister, both as, as young kids, always look to the person that you aspire to be like, or the, you know, the people collectively, whatever it is. And mentorships can look different ways. I mean, I gained a mentorship with Brandon in the business world because I kept showing up to his events or listening to his podcast or reading his books. And what people really need to know is you don't have to personally know your mentor. You can read their books and study their their literature and their teachings and everything, and they can be your actual mentor. When you start mastering some of these things, a lot of times you'll end up meeting them as a person, but they don't necessarily have to be this personal relationship. So with that being said, you know, when I was in the rodeo industry, I obviously had a really good coach that lived in my house that I could lean on all the time. But that come with its own struggles because people expected me to be good. It formulated like this uh, 
ironclad mind growing up because like if I made a bad ride or if I rope terrible or whatever, like literally the the haters would come out and be like, oh, you're suck. You'll never be as good as your dad, blah, blah, blah. You know, but it was like a struggle for me because I had to go, I had to learn just like everybody else. I just had the opportunity to have a coach. And uh, there was always the the mindset come with that. You know, my dad was always coaching on, hey, don't worry about that outside noise. Like, let's focus on the task at hand. And my dad was really good about bringing in other people. Like my dad wasn't as good a roper as he knew that I wanted to be. So he would bring in his buddies like Alan Bach or Jake Barnes or whoever it was to kind of give me some advice from, from, from time to time. And so with that being said, when I got out of the rodeo industry, I just took that same knowledge. It's like, okay, if I want to be like this person that I need to follow, you know, I need to go learn what they know. And I also had some instances in, in my rodeo career where I would like, I traveled with a couple people that were Debbie Downers or didn't win a whole lot, but they were just okay with it. And I found myself in my career, like getting drugged down. And I'm like, man, I can't like, I like that person. Like that's a good, that's a good person. However, if I'm going to be doing this, I need to travel with people that's going to make me step up to the plate. Like I'm, I'm traveling with guys that are freaking wolves. Like I'm not traveling with guys that are sheep. Right. And no, you want to be, you want to be the loser in the van at that point, because you want to be around people who are way better than you are and who are pushing you. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to leave every single rodeo being the loser. It's like, okay, what do I got to do to step up? And the, the conversation's different too. Like one of my mentors, this is, this is something that I would like people to try. I want you to write down your goals, write down your top five goals on one side. And then the other side, I want you to write down the five people that you spend the most time with throughout the week on the other side. And then I want you to look at those people and those goals. And I want you to put a positive or a negative next to each person, whether they're a positive to you accomplishing that goal or a negative to you accomplishing that goal. And you're going to be amazed at what you see. Some people will be happy, but there's a lot of people that are going to be like, Ooh, I need to maybe like rethink my inner circle a little bit because there's a reason why when people are winning, their circles smaller. And I've had this conversation a few times with some of my you know family members they are like, you don't hang out with as many people as you used to. I was like, well, I don't feel like sitting around drinking beer, talking about how my life sucks. I like, I like hanging around, you know, maybe the one person I might spend a little bit of time with every couple of weeks uh, that we talk about how we're winning. Like, how are we going to be better? How are we going to do some massive things together? How are we going to collaborate or, or, or whatever? You know, those conversations are, are better. And then the, the rest of the time, I'm just drilling in on whatever it is that I'm doing and, and creating more impact. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you bring up such a good point there on the mentorship side of things about how the importance of sticking with people who are instrumental in getting you towards those goals. And one thing that I have noticed as an entrepreneur is when you work in the business world, let's say that you're like a mid-tier person and there are people who are smarter above you. Well, it's really easy to be in the same room as people who are smarter and consistently like pushing you forward, let's say. But when you're an entrepreneur, whether it is owning a business or a, like a farm or ranch, whatever it is, it's harder to get yourself around those types of people. 
So uh, let's talk about how in the past have you picked who your mentor is or mentors are? I think that, you know, in today's world, it's so much easier to, to pick that person out with the different social media platforms, um, you know, just the technology that we have at our fingertips these days. You know, I mean, like you got Elon Musk laying out here, Starlink, where you can put it anywhere. I could be back in the bush freaking 60 miles and have a Starlink set up and have internet, you know, at my wall tent. So it it's crazy. But, you know, so I think that there's like, when people might have that, like, oh, it's harder for me because I'm here or there. It's like, no, it's just like, you're not searching for it. So in today's world, I think that if you're truly searching for a mentor, you can find that mentor because every one of us have different goals. That's one thing that we do inside our organization is something that we call PPFs, personal and professional financial goals. Everybody that is inside Silver Linings organization, we go over if as long as they've been here longer than 90 days, we start going over their PPFs. We figure out what everybody's personal, professional and financial goals are one, three and five years. And then what we do is we align those with the goals of the company. So as the, as the company wins, we help them achieve their goals. Okay. Because not everybody's driven by money. Not everybody's driven by gifts or whatever. Like people might have a huge passion for, um, helping people in need, you know, like you got to figure out what that is. Um, so that there's a driving point for people inside your organization. Because if you're always sitting here talking about money, like, Hey, we're going to make more revenue and we're going to do this and that, that person sitting over there just turned off. They're like, great. That's, that's fine. But that's why it's so important to figure out what is it that drives people inside your, your organization. And that's one thing that I found from my mentors is like, how do you put all your people into alignment? Because there's so many different personalities and, Ultimately, that's why I landed on Brandon. Now, Brandon has a lot of mentors. I have other mentors outside of Brandon. And some a lot of his mentors are my mentors. John Maxwell, that's another mentor of his that's a mentor of mine now. Like, he's so profound. Like, I could listen to John Maxwell all day. He's such a, he speaks so well. He's easy to listen to. He makes a lot of sense. Talks a lot about leadership because we're always striving to be a better leader. And I've had the chance to actually meet John now through Brandon. And so it's, you know, these are the things is like, it's not hard to do. It's like, what is it that drives you though? What is it that you wanted to do? First and foremost, you have to figure out what that is. Once you figure that out, now find the top five people that are the best at that in the world. Those are your mentors. Those are the people you want to start drafting behind. And there's so many different facets of life and professions. There's a lot of different types of mentors out there. Like it makes me happy when I, when I hear somebody say, yeah, you're one of my mentors. I'm like, that's freaking awesome because I never thought I would be a mentor to anybody, you know, like back in the day, but now I'm starting to, to realize that what I say impacts people. And when you can impact people, it makes you feel good. So I would just aspire people just to do that, figure out what it is that you want to do figure out the, the top five people that are the best at that and then go draft behind them and then see what happens because of that. Like you'll have other people start following you because of that. Ooh, that is such solid, easy advice. And honestly, like that can be done in a week's time frame. If you sit down and write out those goals and figure out, okay, who are the 25 people, obviously yeah. five of the people that are best at these five things, 
you can probably find them in one to two weeks time and be on the road to some new successes. There's no doubt about that. So let's go over to the employee side of things. Because again, company culture is something that is really stands out at Silver Lining Herbs. Maybe it's the silver lining, yeah. if you will. But how do you empower your employees to continue to be innovators and think bigger? Because you mentioned earlier that your successes are their successes. What are some strategies? Well, first and foremost, there has to be alignment. You have to have your company mission, vision, and values, and everybody needs to know what those are, right? And, and that creates alignment. They need to know the mission that we're on, the vision of where we're going, and then our company core values. Like, we live and die by our core values. And I just said this yesterday in a, in a, a quarterly team meeting that we had. It's like, if people are un- unsure if they should do that or they shouldn't do that, Go through your core values. Do they align with your core values? If they do, do it. If they don't, don't do it. And so, you know, we hire and fire by those, those core values. And so first and foremost, everybody has, has to know that. But I'm very big on like when somebody fails inside the organization, I first look at myself or leadership team. Did we provide them and set them up for success? If we did, then it's on them. If we didn't, then we got to look at ourselves. Hey, we did not quite set them up for success. We need to look back. What is it we need to do to relay this message or get them some more training or whatever it is? And so everybody knows that. And then also every week we have very extensive training. Like I spend so much time and money providing to my people inside the organization where they can learn more. Like if you come work for me for a year, you're going you're gonna to get so much training that if you ever decide to go anywhere else, people will think you're a rock star because like literally, like we want people to be so knowledgeable about what we do, whether it be business or health, that people are just blown away when they talk to us. And then also having that, uh, that good attitude and, and culture with other people. We want that culture to be shuffled through to, to other people that come in contact with us. Just like you, you noticed our culture and, and that makes me happy to know that. And then offering just so much service to people, people will pay more for service than for actual product. And we want to service, uh, to the, to the highest account. Well, and it, it kind of goes back to one of those things that our industry is founded on and writing for the brand. When you really put time and effort into your employees and, and make a noticeable difference in their lives, they are going to do that same for you. But if you want your employees to back you, you've got to back them yeah. first. Like it's kind of like the trust factor. You've got to give in order to receive. It really cuts down on the BS and the riffraff inside the organization because there's all sorts of personalities. And, you know, people are going to be people. There might be some, you know, talk here and there, but um, the people that have been around for a few months or longer when they really know our mission, our vision, our values, they kind of put a, they kind of put a pin on it for you where you don't have to have a conversation. And so like when people know that they're, they're here to create impact, to, you know, accomplish the mission that we're on, then they're like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking about my drama that I'm having at home inside the organization. Right. So it's just, it's, it's creating impact, and empowerment through others, and then also just setting examples. Okay, well, setting examples. That's the next question that I have for you. There's this really cool story about how you came out of retirement this summer 
all to prove to your son, Bodhi, that you've got to work for what you want. So can you tell us the story? Yeah, you know, uh, my son and my daughter both are are rodeoing now. My boy, he's been riding mini bulls and steers for the last couple of years and is getting to be quite the little talent at it. And uh, this last summer, he was struggling and he, you know, he'd been bucked off at uh, multiple rodeos in a, in a row. He's got a hot temper. So like he, d- he doesn't take it very well. So we have to have, you know, talks about their opportunities. They're not failures. So what's the opportunity you're going to take to become better and this and that. And I was in the garage one afternoon or morning or something. He was playing with, I don't know, I think he's bouncing a basketball or something. And I was working out and I, I try to, you know, work out at least five, six days a week. Still, I, one of those deals, I don't want to get old. I want to like stay mobile and, and active. And uh, I said, Bodie, you know, you should be out here working out with me so that you don't have any excuses, uh, for not winning at some of these rodeos. I said, I said, you need to like get your core strong and like your, uh, balance and flexibility and this and that. And he's like, Oh, it's like, it's different these days than it was when you were rodeoing. And I said, no, I said, actually it's gotten more competitive because you got all these workout guys that are like dialing in on, on different strength training and balance and core and this and that for rodeo guys. So I says, you really should be working at it. He's like, dad, he's like, really? He's like, you're too old. You wouldn't know. I said, too old for what? He says, well, you're definitely too old to ride bucking horses. And I said, oh, really? I said, I'll tell you what. I says, I think you need to learn something here. I says, because I usually take my kids, I take them a lot to Jackson Hole in the summertime to the rodeo. They have a weekly rodeo there. And we like going there because my kids, the, the, the barrel racing is a 4D barrel race. So my daughter, she compete there. My, my boy rides bulls. They have uh, a number eight team roping, a 10 team roping, and an open team roping. So I can enter the open. And so it's just like a family event. And my dad ropes, like everybody can go enter. And so I said, I'll tell you what. I says, one month from right now, I says, I'll get in somewhat riding shape if I can do it in a month. And I says, I'll show you what it takes to get ready to get on a bucking horse or to to compete at a high level. And he says, you will not. And I says, no, I will. I says, as a matter of fact, I'm going to enter Jackson Hole with you because they load the mini bulls right behind the bareback horses. So it's like, Literally, like we can be shopped up together and getting ready together. And so he's like, we'll see. I said, all right. So I went on this journey. I started getting my gear rounded back up and started getting ready. I went out to Kelly Wardell's and got on a bucking machine out there. And anyways, I got ready. And I entered and the the rodeo contractor over there knew that I was probably going to be entering. And so when he seen that I entered, um, he brought this new horse in that he just bought from Birch Rodeo Company. It was a cold out of lunatic fringe. And I'm like, oh, you brought me a colt? I was like, geez, I thought you'd just bring me that little peedly dink hopper, you know. To... I've been on in seven years. But it, it was fun because, like, immediately I just got into, like, game mode when I showed up to the rodeo. It was just, like, old times and got my stuff all put out. He got to see me get ready and. And then when they started loading bucking horses, it's like a level of intensity that comes over your face that, you know, you can't really explain to them how to do. It's like better if they see it. And, you know, I had said this earlier on a podcast when I did in Vegas earlier this year. It's like when you tell somebody like I'm telling him, like, get aggressive, like 
Like, what does that mean? And I don't think he understood what that mean until he seen the aggression on my face and really what it took to like bring the tiger out from in like, Hey, this, this is like war. This is game time. here. And, uh, he, he got to see that he got to help me get on. He got to help me, uh, pull my rig in, like literally stand right next to me. Why went on my head? I was running my hand on my rig and I looked up at him. I says, you ready to watch this? And his eyes are like this big around and Anyways, the horse threw a wild horse fit and then lined out and was good. I was 86 points when the rodeo. So uh, my kids thought I was cool dad of the year for sure. Um, so it was fun. But I tell you what, that it goes back to leading by example and the importance in doing so, because it's one thing to tell people to do things, but it's another one, do them alongside of them, but then to show them that it's not just you, like it can be done, whether it's a child or, you know, your employees leading by example. There are a few leaders who, who really do that. Yeah. I think it's super important to do. And, and, you know, my kids both win the rodeo that night and they just ended out the season like super strong. So I think it was really good for, for them both. Oh, that is awesome. Okay. Well, let's get to the rapid fire round. What's the best piece of business or personal advice that you've ever been given? Like I said before, draft behind somebody who's been there. I mean, that's that's been the best is keeping it super simple. Um, you don't have to go through the bumps and the bruises. Like draft behind somebody who's already paved the way and uh, implement. Listen and implement. Okay. A little bit different question, but can kind of be around the same lines. Um, if you would give people any words of wisdom and you knew that they would take those to heart, what would it be? Failure is a greater feature than winning. Um, don't be afraid to fail. We call them opportunities. I think that when you fail, if you treat it as an opportunity to become better, learn from the mistakes, and then pivot, then, man, you can do great things. A lot of people give up in failure. Don't give up. If you could go to dinner with anybody, dead or alive, who would you pick? Man, I got to go with my guy, Gene Autry. Like, Gene Autry... I used to watch Gene Autry when I was a little kid. He was like my, he was like a lot of kids watch cartoons. I'd watch Gene Autry films and I just loved Gene Autry. And, uh, he was actually supposed to come to a rodeo that my dad was putting on and I was going to get to meet him. And he was in his elderly ages and got really sick and then ended up passing away not long after that. But he did give me a signed autographed, uh, poster that I still have to this day, but I always wanted to meet Gene Autry. I think that would be the guy. Okay, that was an awesome answer. Not that I expected anything less, but I'm you're the first person who's ever said Gene Autry, and I'm kind of surprised by that. But that is, ooh, that's a good one. Okay, what is one quote that you lead your life by? I would have to go with old B. Dawson's quote of uh, "What you think is what you say, what you say is what you do, and what you do becomes your legacy." Ooh, we're going to need to put that on a wall somewhere, you guys. That's a good one. Okay, now let's talk about favorite things. Do you have a favorite book, podcast, a program, maybe a service or something that you think more people need to know about this? It's changed my life. The 10X community has changed my life uh, tremendously. Not only has it uh, you know, changed my future of what we're doing in business. It's opened up a lot of doors. It's allowed me to, I mean, there's 15 million people in the 10X community. And it's allowed me to impact a lot of people, but also make a huge impact on the farm and ranch industry and create legacy and wealth and future, you know, wealth can come in a financial way or a spiritual or impactful way. 
Um, so I would encourage everybody to look into Cardone Ventures 10X Farm and Ranch because it's it really is a, a life-changing experience. But, you know, Grant has wrote m- many books. All of his books are awesome. The 10X Rule is probably the number one. Um, so anybody that wants to list or read the 10X Rule, that's a good one. Also, Brandon's book, Nine Figure Mindset, is outstanding. So those two things, um, yeah, can't go wrong. Awesome. Okay. We'll give a little plug here. As far as if somebody is wondering, if they're listening to this and they think, man, am I the right person for 10X Farm and Ranch? Are there any kind of like parameters, guidelines? Give us a little bit more information there. There's so many different things that that we offer inside the 10X community. But uh, like if you are a person inside rural America, you could be farms, ranches, you could be cowboy industry, you could be boot makers, saddle makers. I mean, you name it. If you are inside rural America and you're aspiring to do bigger things, get out of obscurity. What I mean by that is let people know who you are because what you do, you're passionate about, obviously. And so the biggest thing is letting people know what you do so you can impact more lives with what you do. And so that's what we help you do. We help you get out of obscurity. We help you put structure into place so that as you create flow and impact, you can sustain that and help as many people as you want. That's what we do is we help people impact more people. And so if you if you think of it that way, like, I mean, we have just such a, an awesome platform and whether you are doing 50,000 a year or you're doing 10 million a year and you're aspiring to go to 500,000 or 100 million, we can help anywhere in between. So it just depends on what you want to do. Perfect. And then where can people find more on that? Obviously, follow my social sites, Josie Young 82 That's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, join the TikTok bandwagon. <laughs> it's a lot of rodeo videos on there, though. Uh, it's fun to watch. So. Um, and then also, SilverLiningHerbs.com. That's my main company. We do have a link on there for 10X Farm and Ranch. Um, the main page, though, is CardoneVentures.com. And then if you can find it on there or forward slash 10X Farm and Ranch. Awesome. Well, Josie, thank you so much for sitting down with us. You are somebody who definitely leads by example. And it was it's so great to be able to share that story and your story with all of our listeners. So thank you for that. And then if you were someone who is listening today, definitely do us a favor. Go tag Josie and of the West. Pop something in your stories about what your biggest takeaway from today was. I know there are going to be a lot of them. And I'm excited to see what everyone's favorite part was. And as always, we will be back next week. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later. If you loved this episode, do us a favor and share it with someone else who might find just as much value in it as you did. We're on a mission to continue to grow and strengthen the future of agriculture and Western industries, and you spreading the word helps us make more of a positive impact. It also makes a big difference when you take a minute to go rate and review the show. We can't thank you enough for listening, for sharing, and for loving Ag and Western as much as we do. We'll see you back here for our next episode.